Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And this week's a very special episode because for half of it, I'm going to be talking to myself. Uh, And then the other half, we're going to uh, air the most recent episode of Late to the Game dot 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 of Thrones that we uh, recently released, uh, which is a show that has been on hiatus for quite some time. Uh, and, uh, if you guys haven't listened to it, it's just where Mike and I sit around and talk about Game of Thrones. I've never watched it before. Blah, 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 blah. You can see it on, um, thatentertains.com slash network, which we'll get to in a second, uh, is where you can find late to the game. It's, uh, of Thrones. Um, before I get to all of that, I just want to let everyone know you can find us on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Real Awesome Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Awesome Pod or Awesome Podcast. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at That Nerdy Kev. And that's where I do most of my tweeting and socializing with uh, for the show and whatnot. And you can, of course, find us on awesomepodcast.com and coretemparts.com, where you can find plenty of other awesome shows uh, that are way better than this one uh, on that podcast network. So I wanted to take time because I knew that we had a show um, this week. I I used up all my um, banked interviews while uh, I was on vacation and whatnot, and um, because I really took uh, like the first half or so of April off, uh, because I was perfect for vacation and whatnot. So I, I went through, I got through all my banked episodes and, um, we were starting to bank some more up and, and we've plenty, don't worry, plenty more of the normal show coming up. However, uh, I, I did want to, because we, and if you've seen on Twitter, May 1st, we launched, and when I say we, I mean Crude Humor Studios slash That's Entertainment, the comp- the parent company to, uh, or parent companies to Everything Is Awesome, uh, and the, the what Mike and I uh, use to kind of run most of our entertainment endeavors through. Uh, we launched a podcast network finally. That's Entertainment Podcast Network. Now, um, we'll let's. I'm going to get into some history on that. Uh, real, real quick, real quick. Uh, for the longest time, I've been trying to launch a podcast network. Uh, we kind of had one in the past called the hhwst.net, uh, podcast network. We also had, it was also called the radio network and it's something that I've had in, in play for, I mean, in June is 10 years for me is 10 years of podcasting. And I'd say within a year of my first, uh, you know, within a year of starting podcasting, I wanted to do a podcast network. Um, it wasn't called that back then. I think we just called them stations, uh, is what we called them back then. And, um, 
and, and that's and that's what we've been trying to do so unsuccessfully for the last almost nine years at this point uh, with with multiple podcasts. Uh, you know, for the longest time, I had a, a, pay, a front page for the, the network uh, for HHWST.net podcast radio network, whatever you want to call it. And it was a bunch of shows that I hosted, uh, which made a lot of sense because, you know, I was the host. I was the 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 linchpin. I was the the face man and whatnot. And what happened with with all those is that they all kind of just started to peter out because I I couldn't do all the shows at the same time. Uh, And that was one of the reasons why I've. I finally got to Everything is Awesome. And and even when I started Everything is Awesome, I really, I tried to start uh, a podcast network again with Everything is Awesome and a few other locally based podcast shows in Philly here. And, you know, it just didn't work out. It just, you know, the, um, you know, had a few back and forth conversations with a couple people and, you know, it just kind of petered out. The idea kind of petered out and, and it's fine. Like it's not everyone's thing or, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, whatever. It, it, it just didn't come to fruition. I was like, all right, well maybe I need to, maybe I just need to let that go. It's not going to happen. Or, you know, maybe I just need to focus on everything that's awesome for a while. And that's what I did. I, I focused on everything that's awesome for a while. And, you know, we've we've grown our show. We've grown this show, uh, you know, with that Kevin Smith mindset of just go out there and do it, and don't care about anything else. Just do it. You're gonna love doing it for you. It's it's creatively fulfilling and whatnot. And going out with that mindset uh, has been incredible uh, for me and and for the show. It's it's made it so that I don't go insane. Um, you know, spinning all these different plates that I'm spinning, which is, you know, podcasting and, uh, video filmmaking or audio, uh, dramas that we're writing or novels that I'm, I'm working on. I have so many different plates that I'm spinning and there's only so many hours in the day that, you know, I forget that I'm one person. Uh, and on top of all that, like the more important job I have, the most important job I have is being a dad. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, I'll, I'll delay a lot of my stuff uh, to to be dad. Uh, and I try to work around, I try, I, basically I don't sleep. I don't sleep very often. I try to do the things that are basically hobbies, like podcasting and writing and all that stuff is basically a big old hobby because I don't get paid to do any of this. So I try to work that around playing dad and playing family man because, it's not making me money. It's not making the family money. So why would I do it, you know, when I could be spending time with my family? Um, and, and, you know, I do obviously do it for our live shows, you know, and let, no one's doing live shows at 10 o'clock at night or three o'clock in the morning or anything like that. So live shows are, you know, the exception. And that's why I limit myself to, about six a year uh, is is like what I want to do. It's like every other month. It seems like a good round number to uh, to to kind of keep myself to keep myself accountable. It's it's not overwhelming, and it's you know it's not taking me away from the family once a month or once a week even. Um, so because uh, again, even the live shows we don't get paid for. So uh, starting a podcast network just seems like incredibly like the wrong thing to do. And, um, 
and, and in the past, spinning all those plates while trying to create a network just did not make sense. Fast forward to everything is awesome. Trying it in a way where I wasn't going to be hosting a bunch of shows. It still didn't really work. And I, I set it to the side. I said, let's focus on everything is awesome. Like that's right now kind of the baby that I want to, I want to focus on. And so many good things have come from that. Mainly feeling creatively fulfilled. That's the biggest win I have here. Um, the bonuses to, to some bonuses is that we have a growing audience. You, the super friends are, are, I don't know what you guys are doing to help grow the audience, but I know you guys are, and I and I'm in, I am forever grateful for that because um, I'm not a numbers guy. I, I don't pay attention to the numbers until the end of the month or the beginning of the month just to see what the previous month was, uh, and that's mainly just to make sure that like there's no drastic change, like, not, not no big spikes or no big drops. Uh, because that would be a little concerning, I think. And, and it's not like, you know, I love the fact that every month I look and it's continuously going up or, or right about where, where it was. And, you know, I've read a lot about some podcast stats lately in the last, like, you know, six months or so. And, you know, we're right where we should be. We're right where every other podcast really kind of is. And, and I'm really happy that I organically kind of grew this. And, and I'm also, you know, although I'm working more on a podcast than I ever have, I'm also uh, creatively fulfilled. I don't feel like I have a second job. That, that's Everything is awesome. It's finally the podcast that I have that I really enjoy. I don't have to rely on anyone else or on any other co-host. And, and that's not to say that that's a bad thing. I love doing shows with co-hosts. I, I wish that I had all the time in the world for me to sit down with my friends and, and just sit around and talk and record podcasts because that would be great to get paid to do that. But we live in a world where that's not everyone doesn't have that opportunity. So... Uh, you know, uh, then we get the live shows, you know, everything is awesome is growing in that fashion. The first live podcast I did in almost nine years at that point, uh, was the, the fourth annual Philadelphia podcast festival. Uh, that was in 2016. You know, we did that in August and we instantly booked, I mean, within a week we got, we were asked to do a live show elsewhere. Uh, and then we also booked a show in New York and, and that was, that was so insane to me. We did, you know, we, from August to the end of the year, we were able to get two, a total of three shows under our belt. Um, and all because with the Philadelphia podcast fest, uh, you know, and doing the live show, it just was, it was such an amazing opportunity. And within a year of our, our one year anniversary, we were, we, we had done a total of, I believe, um, four four live shows. And within a year, we, we were able to do, um, you know, we did some fun things, fun interviews with, with Batman and, and just silly things, you know, kind of, um, you know, not, not sticking to the norms of an interview show. I think, I think, you know, we, we go, we, we, we kind of, you know, sail our own boat and, and, do what we like to do here. And, and sometimes that's a lot of times it's me just sitting here talking to myself or talking to you, you know, uh, indirectly at least. And, uh, and, and like doing the interviews with, with fake characters, with fictional characters is a lot of fun to me. I think that's a lot of fun for you, the audience. So I really enjoyed sitting down and, and chatting with Batman, uh, for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And, 
you know, we were able to join a, we were able to join Core Temp Arts. Uh, it's a podcast network on CoreTempArts.com, and that was, you know, that was all because of something else that happened in the, in, in the first year of doing everything is awesome. Um, is that I learned about the podcasting community. First, I learned about the Philadelphia podcasting community and how awesome it was and how tight it was and how, you know, for me, and, and I'm sure every community, you know, every local community says the same thing about their local branch of podcasters. But for me, Philadelphia is such, it's like the greatest group of podcasters. Uh, the, you know, the, the Philadelphia Podcasting Society is just, a, you know, for the most part, just everyone is really great. I don't think I've talked to anyone that's really been like, oh, God. Um, and I don't think I'm the type of the person to hide that fact. I think I would call them out if, if, if that was the case. And, and everyone's just really cool there. Uh, and I, I, it was nice being embraced and embracing that, that, that page and then learning of the Philadelphia podcast festival, which I had known of from all my years of doing it. You know, they started up the, the, the first year of the Philadelphia podcast fest was like the year that, uh, Santoro, who I hosted the Stabcast with all those years ago, and I were kind of teasing the idea of PodCon. We weren't calling it a festival. We we're calling it a convention PodCon. And, um, and so I had known about it, but from what I heard, the first year was kind of, you know, growing pains, we'll say. The first year was slow. Um, but, you know, I, you know, it's, it's grown into this huge, awesome thing. And, like, I got, I feel like I got in early enough to be really kind of part of something and really kind of embrace Philadelphia podcasting and to have Philadelphia podcasting embrace me. And that's, that's so cool. And, and. Um, the podcasting community in general is just is, feels almost the same, just on a much wider, you know, spectrum. Like, I have not, since I left Reddit, uh, from you know, I haven't ran into anyone in the podcasting community that's just a dick. Everyone is just so cool. I've met so many cool people. Boys from After Six, boys from Tattoo Bananas. You know, um, there's just so many, uh, you know, Quest for Magic and Steel, Party of One podcast, One Shot podcast. I've interviewed really cool people that, like, I look up to. Aaron McGathy, James D'Amato. I've had amazing opportunities and amazing conversations with people, like, a lot of people that I didn't even name because there's just so many. And, and they're the ones that kind of instantly jump out to me um, because they're the ones that I, you know, that, that are groups of podcasts. I interviewed them two at a time versus one person at a time. So they stick out a little bit more when I talk, when I name drop podcasts and whatnot. But every single podcast, like, I have every single podcast obviously saved to my computer. And I've listened to every single one when I go back and edit. And, and every single conversation means something to me and and just such an amazing first year that led us to to core temp arts at, you know at the end of the day and i finally i was like and and chris revel from let's chat with revel and friends um who has become a friend and has is the reason that i'm on core temp arts and you know carly who runs runs it and you know all the people involved are just really cool it's 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 just like every other podcasting community so happy to be part of court temp arts uh, and you know, I joined Core Temp Arts because there wasn't an opportunity for me to start my own. 
And, you know, I talked to Chris about it and it seemed like it was right up my alley. And then I talked to Carly and it was real, real you know, right up my alley. And it's just, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't say no. I could not say no. And uh, the, I guess the point of, of that whole backstory is that, you know, not thinking about spitting all the plates and trying to do everything in, in, in my power to make something happen. And I just kind of let it go and, and it naturally, it naturally happened. I was naturally able to start the That's Entertainment podcast network uh, on thatentertains.com slash network, which um, is not, uh, is only affiliated with Everything is Awesome in the sense that, that enter, That's Entertainment and Kruner Studios both serve as the parent company to both things. Other than that, That's Entertainment uh, podcast network and everything is awesome are not, are not affiliated with one another. Uh, I am perfectly happy with core temp arts, love core temp arts. I'm perfectly happy with, um, continuing our relationship there. Uh, even beyond what our contract says, uh, for it, you know, everything is awesome is its own thing and it, and it found its way. That's not to say that it won't eventually go to the That's Entertainment Podcast Network at some point if, you know, either side of the party decides it's it's time to end end the contract. Uh, but, you know, I don't see a reason to, to jump ship even after the contract because I, it, it, it's not, they're not, they're just not the same thing to me. So like I can still, I can play in both. I, I, I can have my cake and eat it too is basically what I'm saying is that is, is I, I feel like that's a perfectly acceptable solution. I honestly haven't talked anything over with anyone at Core Temp Arts or anything. Um, but because everything is awesome, as far as I'm concerned, is not part of the That's Entertainment Podcast Network. I don't think I'm breaking any rules. Uh, and I I don't want to. I don't want to jump ship. Um, I really like the group of people that are part of that podcast network. But the fact that I was able to uh, create a podcast network of my own between a podcast uh, or two that I host outside of Core Temp Arts um, and then another podcast that I produce and then three others that wanted to join up with us. Um, it was an opportunity that like I couldn't pass up and um, because it's been the dream. It's kind of been the dream other than doing shows live and I, and I'm doing them live now. And, and so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of an amazing opportunity. I'm so excited, uh, that I got to sit here and babble for 20 to 30 minutes about the fact that I feel kind of blessed. You know, I feel really, really blessed, um, in every facet of my life, you know, professionally, which isn't this professionally, I feel blessed. I feel like I'm at a good spot. I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, in a place that, that, you know, allow, allows me to kind of almost be my own boss to a degree, but, but I'm not, but it just, it's, there's a lot of freedom, uh, professionally. And then, you know, as personally, as a family man, there's, there's, I'm just, I'm really blessed with, you know, my fiance and my kids and, and just my family in general. Um, uh, despite a kind of a shitty 2016, uh, despite losing my uncle, uh, in 2016, you know, uh, I'm still, you know, I still feel blessed because, 
you know, the, it's the old adage of what do, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And, you know, for a while I was in a, in a really low spot, but I had my, my professional life to, to keep me busy. I had my, my personal life to, to keep me sane. Um, and I had podcasting to keep me sane. Uh, you hear us talk on various episodes with other creative types that talk about how, um, how being whatever the creative outlet is for me, it's, it's podcasting. It used to be wrestling for others. It's music. It's art. It's whatever it might be. People have, you know, they use, they use their creative outlets to, to kind of forget about the world. And, um, I owe, you know, obviously I owe my family a, a huge, a huge part of keeping me sane, you know, my kids and my fiance and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, I owe podcasting and not so much necessarily creating podcasts, creating, it was, it was hard to create, um, when my uncle passed, but the podcasting community at large, whether they knew it or not, you know, kept me sane. Um, and, and it's just, um, it's such an honor to be part of this community. It's, it's so awesome to have the super friends out there that, you know, that listen to this show and listen to other things that I'm involved with. Uh, the fact that um, I'm able to start a podcast network is really because of you guys. At the end of the day, it's really because of you guys. So, uh, and I and I just wanted to have um, this this open dialogue. And I guess it's not really open because I'm I'm the only one. It's a one sided conversation. But I wanted to have this one sided conversation to explain uh, how the podcast network came about. That that's Entertainment Podcast Network TEPN, and that it's not going to jeopardize my relationship with core temp arts. That's important to me. That's, that's real important to me. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited. I can't wait for the rest of this year to shake out. We have a, a big show coming up. Um, the, the end of Comic-Con weekend here, uh, in Philadelphia, June 4th, uh, Wizard World. We're starting to book guests now. Um, I, I, I'm starting to send out emails to, to get our, our guests booked. Uh, we're, we're getting our, posters hopefully printed within the next week or so and we have the philadelphia podcast fest coming up in july uh our show i think i think it's the last two weekends in july july 15th and 16th and then the following weekend um our show will be on either the 15th or 16th and um I, i one of the coolest things that's come out of being um embracing and being embraced by the podcasting community, specifically the Philadelphia podcasting community, um, and being the type that is really pushing for live shows to be a more frequent thing in the Philadelphia area is that, you know, um, connecting with the people that run the Philadelphia podcast, uh, festival, they've asked me to help, um, help out. Uh, and I'm sure like, really, it's not a big deal. Like they could have asked anyone to, to help out. But it gets kind of cool. Like I, I would, I love being involved in that community and that scene, and just to be involved even a little bit by helping manage a location for a weekend is huge. I would love to get even way more involved than than that. Um, you know, if they ever need it, like if they ever need it, I'm definitely there to do it. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's such an exciting time for podcasting because it's still the wild, wild west when it comes to that, despite it being a, a medium that's about 10 years old, over 10 years old at this point. And, um, it's just so much fun to see 
how podcasting's progressed in the last 10 years and just the things that we have planned personally for us. Uh, I'm just, I'm really, really psyched and, and so happy for everyone in the podcasting community. Uh, and I think I'm going to, before we kick over to our late to the Game of Thrones uh, portion of the show, I just want to say like, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, but there's something that you're reserved about, don't be reserved. Uh, do it. That's the biggest hurdle is doing it. Just starting it, hitting, hitting record. You, if you're listening to this still, uh, it's been about 25 or so minutes of me talking by myself and I'm recording right now in the middle of the day. So I'm not in my studio. Um, I'm recording on my phone. I happen to have like a little hundred dollar external mic that I have hooked up. But honestly, if you have an Apple iPhone and you have the Apple earbuds with the built in mic, that's a lot of times what I end up using and it sounds pretty darn good. I, I mean, maybe an audio engineer can, can hear the difference, but with voice for quarter pro and, and, a, and an external microphone, I think it sounds pretty darn good to, to record a podcast on that. That's all you need. Um, you can do it all by yourself, grab a friend, you know, interview people, you know, walk down the street and interview people, whatever it is, you have a voice, you have a story, tell it. I just recorded an interview with Dylan Jacobson and we were just discussing basically this, like, just just do it. Just go out there and do the podcast. I don't, and everyone has a story to sell. I don't think you're going to be disappointed for starting one. And guess what? If if you are, you don't like it, you don't have to ever do it again. Um, the, the beautiful thing, uh, about podcasting is that it's free for nothing. And really in today's day and age to even start doing one, is pretty inexpensive. You like I said, you don't even need an external mic. You can just do it on your phone, and you know, with with that technology, and you're good to go. Um, and so I implore you to do it. And here's like some crazy stats for you. Like, here's you know, if you're starting a podcast or you're thinking about starting a podcast, my challenge to you is just do it. Just hit record and go. If you've already started one and you're just beginning, my challenge to you is to get to ten episodes. Out of all the podcasts that start, fifty percent of them never make it to ten episodes. If you've already passed ten episodes, then I'm challenging you to make it to fifty. Because out of those that make it to ten and beyond, only a small percentage actually make it to fifty episodes. And then also. If you're beyond 50 episodes, if you've been doing it, you're at 200 episodes, you're at 300 episodes, I don't care how many episodes you're at. If you're still podcasting and, you're, and, and you don't think you have goals to meet, you have goals to meet. And don't think of numbers. That's not important. They are, you know, for advertisers and, and stuff like that. But for you personally, creatively, um, those numbers aren't important. I challenge you to do something new. You've ever done a live show before? Do a live show. Um, you've ever changed your show up, done something different, done something fun, um, do it, make it a bonus episode, make it a Patreon only episode, you know, just release it as a bonus episode on, you know, you on a Friday instead of a Tuesday or whenever you normally release your episodes. Uh, just get out there and do something with podcasting. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, do something different with podcasting. If you already do something with podcasting again, I think you'll enjoy it. It makes it feel a lot less like a job. Anyway, that's all. I just thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, if you are, 
looking for ways to help support everything is awesome and everything else that we do um, with That's Entertainment and Crude Humor Studios, then please, 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 uh, one of the easiest ways and, and free for nothing way to do it is go to our iTunes page on every for Everything is Awesome and leave a five-star review. That iTunes math somehow makes us more popular uh, and it helps. It really does help. So please, um, if you know you, you can do that, it means the world to me. Word of mouth recommendations are also huge. Put on our show while you're driving with someone in the car, someone that's never heard the show before. Put it on for them and let them hear the show for themselves. Let them become a super friend. You're all super friends. I want more super friends. I want you all to grow with this show. I want you to feel like you're a part of this show. Now, if you feel like you want to support um, another way, uh, you know, I, I've had this discussion with uh, J- uh, Jason Ashley from Too Cool for Tabletop, and I've had this discussion, you'll hear it next week, with Dylan Jacobson uh, about Patreon. Patreon uh, is such a wonderful way for you to support creators. Patreon.com slash that entertains is a way that you can support us financially. We're not looking to make money. You know, if we do, that's great. But all the money that we get for the foreseeable future is to help better our uh, programming. It's to help better us as creators, whether that means more podcast or more audio and video work. Um, that's what it is. I want to do more and more and more. And, and that all is, you know, happens because of you guys, it's going to eventually happen. If I'm being honest, like all my projects will eventually happen. It just, we get there quicker with your assistance. Um, and you know, you, I love to bare minimum cover cost, cover operational costs. And, and I'm a happy as, you know, happy as a goat. Um, I don't know if that's a saying, but I'll be happy as a goat. And patreon.com slash that entertains is a great way for you to, you know, uh, skip out on that soda or skip out on that coffee or skip out on that pack of cigarettes. Just one time covers you for an entire month, $1 a month, $12 a year, bro. Hashtag $12 a year. Um, it means, you know, I think that dollar a month probably does not mean that much to you. Um, I don't think you'll miss it if, if you were to, to pledge it to our Patreon, but Uh, The dollars that add up from all that mean the world to Mike and I because that's helping us develop more content and deliver higher quality content. And um, it's just, uh, I, you know, we, I don't, I, I guess I do talk about every episode. We don't, you know... I don't have any Patreons, which is fine, or any patrons, which is fine. But uh, if we had them, you know, you know, I know we're going to do good by it. Uh, and, you know, it's, you know, it's, if you see our Patreon page at patreon.com entertains and you think it just looks dopey and you have recommendations for it to look better to, to help, you know, make it look, uh, to sell it to people, let us know, you know, whatever. We, again, this is a collaborative piece of work here. But, um, Again, uh, you know, it's, I don't, you know, it's, I, when I donate a dollar here and there to other projects that I really enjoy, it's, it's, I don't miss that money. I forget that money exists. Uh, and you know, for, I would say 99% of you are, are in that same situation where you can forget that dollar exists and skip out on your Dunkin or your Starbucks or your, your marbles or whatever for just one day in the month and, and you're covered and it probably covers more than just my project, you know? So, uh, but you know what, if you can't, if you can't afford it, I get it. I hundred percent understand times are tough. Uh, you need your money for, for your bills and, and medical bills and whatnot. So if, if, if it is yeah, great, then, then I, I don't 
want you to spend your money. You don't have to. Um, spread the word, though. Spread the good word of everything is awesome, and that's entertained. Tell them about awesomepodcast.com. Tell them about thatentertains.com slash network. Tell them about coretemparts.com. Uh, leave five-star reviews on all the podcasts that you listen to, even if it's not mine. But if you're listening to this, then leave a five-star review. All that is costs you time. All it does is cost you time. And it means the world to us creators out there. Uh, so please, and uh, well, for everything is awesome, I'm Kevin. You can find us on awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome. Take it away, Mike and Kevin of the past, and talk about some Game of Thrones on Late to the Game of Thrones. Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com. Of late to the game of Thrones, uh, I am this week's edition, this year's edition. <laughs> I don't think we've released an episode since 2016, and then even that was only on Spearman. I never downloaded it and put it on there. We've recorded, I think, up to 208. Yeah, I think so too. But that—that yeah. that is, I'm not gonna lie, probably lost <laughs> forever. Uh, I'm your co-host, Kev. I'm the other one, Mike. And. Uh, Today we're going to be uh, broadcasting both on the Everything is Awesome feed and the Late to the Game feed. Um, the, for those that don't know, don't remember, if you're first time listener, uh, Late to the Game dot 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 of Thrones is our uh, podcast about Game of Thrones. Mike, an avid watcher, has watched it since season one-ish, I assume. Uh, I just started watching the Game of Thrones in 2016. That's not true. Probably 2014 or 2015. And then just kept falling asleep. But it took a couple watches to get through the um, the pilot episode. So, but I'm finally by episode three. I was hooked, and we're going to talk about. Uh, we left off right around there near the end of season two, um, and uh, we're going to talk about 209, 210, Blackwater, and. Valor Margulis. Margulis. <laughs> I remember when we first started them in the show and you couldn't get like any of the names right. Oh, God. They're all so hard. They're <laughs> all so hard. Uh, before we get to all that, uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Late to the Pine. You can find us... I don't know if we have a website anymore, but we are on... Even though this isn't a regular podcast, we are on... Uh, uh, the Late to the Game of Thrones podcast is on the... That's Entertainment Podcast Network on thatentertains.com slash network. Um, you can find, email us at thrones at crudehumorstudios.com. You can call us at 267-223-4965 and let us know about your thoughts of Thrones. I think we're going to, I'm hoping, my goal is between now and July is to, to just binge all of Game of Thrones. And we'll probably do like maybe monthly specials of wherever we're caught up on. Hopefully it's, you know, the whole season. We only have two months before July. Uh, I guess we'll be doing more. <laughs> I guess either our episodes will be containing a lot of seasons. Because we have four seasons. Or maybe we'll be doing, maybe we'll do two specials a month or something like yeah. that. We'll, we'll figure we probably out. do one more before it starts in July. Because July, it's July. July 16th, I think. So we could Which, 
at least I will be at the Philadelphia Podcast Fest. I'm, I, we both might, I don't know. So Philadelphia Podcast Fest for Everything is Awesome is going to be it, it, the last two weekends of July. I know I am going to be the director of Awesome for July 15th and 16th and managing shows there. Everything is Awesome. I told them I was like, put on that one of those two days. I don't care when. Anyway, uh, and you can snail mail us at uh, Late to the Game of Thrones at P.O. Box 177 in Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania, 19030. That is where you can send, is it, is it direwolves riding dragons? Yes. <laughs> okay. But, based on the fact that it's been so long, we will also accept dragons riding direwolves. I was going to say, <laughs> I, was like, I forget which one it was. I also solicit my Zomcast listeners to send me um, uh, zombies riding dogs. I like it. <laughs> or, yeah, I think that's what it is. Anyway, let's talk some Game of Thrones. Uh, I guess we'll start with Blackwater, which is honestly... The most important episode. The more important episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you get to uh, to the episode 9 of whatever season you're on, it's just the most incredible episode I feel, of the season. I feel like, they, I mean, for me, it's only been two seasons thus far, but they've been pretty consistent with, that, like, being the ninth episode, the second to last episode. Being yeah, the ninth episode, episode of season 1 was Ned Stark losing yeah, his head. Yeah, and this, so Blackwater, for me, like, A, like, the green flame, like, that scene was just awesome. Oh, yeah, everything uh, in the in the bay and everything. Yeah, by the way, guys, we jump around a lot. It's not going to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, the, I don't think there's anything uh, Tyrion can do at this point to make me hate him. Like, and what a character, like, in, in, we'll say, a total of less than 20 episodes, what character growth. Like, this dude went from, like, trying to hide for more, basically, uh, to, like, giving an inspirational speech and and getting, like, rallying the, 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 troops. the troops to, despite them watching their king walk away, you, you know, it's just, it was a very cool character growth, like, thing to see from uh, Tyrion, thus proving that, like, I don't think there's any, I think the only other Lannister that I kind of dig and respect is his father, Tywin. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, I don't think Tywin, at least as at this point, is, like, a, a complete... Buffoon. Buffoon or D-bag, like Cersei, like Jamie, like Joffrey. And through this episode, I mean, he kicks even more butt because he rides in to save the day from mm-hmm. Stannis, who, I mean, at this point, Stannis isn't exactly, you know portrayed as like this horrible dude but he is kind of responsible for his brother's death who everybody liked yeah well i do was it this episode that like we see him like he feels bad about it he yeah and and i mean well in this episode i think maybe more about the battle and i think in episode 10 buller morgulis is when he goes off on melisandre yeah and i mean what that well we'll get to that scene in a little bit but um yeah i mean the and it looked like like the Lannisters were going to lose, and you know, uh, Cersei and was going to basically kill herself and her younger child uh, with that milk of the poppy or whatever it is. Oh, or was that was it? It was the night night veil. No, I can't remember. There's so it many is. weird. I, I'm good with names. I'm not good with like it the is some sort flowers of and put me to sleep forever potion. Yeah, I mean, she was willing to to just go all out and kill her and her child. But I know I don't know. I guess it makes sense because you would have been a political prisoner. Well, or... I, a she. I mean, there's a good chance that uh, Stannis would have killed her. Definitely her son, because like he's like, what if there's lineage there or yeah. whatever. Um, 
So despite that, I mean, despite being family, you know, he still would have taken care of business to protect his throne. Yeah, and then if you look to the past, um, the last time that there was a regime change like that, it was the Targaryens getting the crap kicked out of them. The Lannisters own Gregor Clegane went in and just bashed all the kids' heads into walls and stuff like that. Like, it was a big bloody mess. So, I mean, she was probably... I mean, there was, like, noble reasons to do that and everything, but she was pretty close to jumping the gun there. Yeah, I mean, I think she... Yeah, I mean, it was... I don't think she did anything that that most people wouldn't do in that situation. Except for saying that Ilan Payne's gonna kill everybody if they come in here. Like, hey, oh, yeah. you don't get to decide, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was, that was a weird, like that, like the, is that the bald dude that mm-hmm. was... That was the guy who executed that Stark. Looking very creepy, oh yeah, yeah, looking he very... He no tongue, so... Looking, looking very creepy as Sansa left the building. <laughs> like, like, I almost, it, it, like, they made it almost seem like he was going to get his rape on. <laughs> like, I don't, I, don't, I don't like dropping that R word, but... I, that's what it felt like when I was watching it in the moment. I think the actor probably, well, the the character had to emote without a tongue. Which yeah. Which is tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure, I know that the character of Ellen Payne, was, well, the actor who played Ellen Payne, um, left the show for a while because he was battling cancer. So I wonder if that kind of led to like the appearance Maybe. and everything. But. Um, but yeah, so... Episode 209 is, uh, I think, you know, the, the stars of that are Tyrion. Uh, Joffrey, like, wasn't, I want to call him a star of it, but, like, I actually was kind of impressed with, like, his willingness to go out on the battlefield. Yeah, well, I don't think he Up ever until thought, that end. He, he wasn't going to step foot on the battlefield. Yeah. He was going to kind of direct it and kind of give, like, advice and everything like that. Um, but, I mean, like, when... He was he was looking for every excuse to leave. So that, like when I think it was Lancel said like, "Hey, blah blah blah," you know, your mother wants to see. Yeah. You. It wasn't like he like he was like, like looking for Lancel to say like, "She needs you there right now. You need to go." Yeah. Like, he and Tyrion's was kind of talking him down. Yeah. Well, and and I mean Tyrion's right. Like, <clears throat> and and what I like is for Tyrion, it, it isn't about getting his family killed. Like, he doesn't want to, I mean, I think he does want to see Joffrey. I don't think he likes Joffrey. I don't think he would mind seeing Joffrey dead. Yeah, but, but it wasn't him going out of his way to Yeah, sure I think he's he's serving, he's the hand of the king. He's serving the king, and he's serving the, the kingdom to the best of his ability for what he thinks best is for the kingdom. And, and for him, he's saying, like, it's important that you're here, that... For the morale of the troops. Yeah, and, you know, why should they fight if you're not going to fight, type of deal. And it's like, oh, God, Tyrion is just such an awesome character. And I think it actually means more that Tyrion stayed and fought in Joffrey's place because Tyrion has no business fighting. He's got no training whatsoever. Uh, he's, you know, half as big as anybody out there. And, you know, this is his first big war. I mean, because yeah. the, the war that he would have partaken in in uh, the beginning of the season or whatever... It was. It, in, it didn't yeah, happen because yeah. he, he, got he got knocked, knocked out. Yeah, uh, and, and and you know it's funny because something so, so at the end of the battle something similar happened. Who was the? I feel like I totally missed who sliced his face. So it's a guy that we've seen like once or twice before. But it's it's a Lannister or Baratheon. Yeah, it was either a Lanister or it's a, a, it's a Kingsguard or something. Yeah, it like wasn't that. a Baratheon or it wasn't a Stannis guy. Mm, no, it was definitely a Lannister. And in fact, um, in the second. 
episode that we're talking about, Valor Morghulis, um, Varys even goes to tell him, like, you know, this happened, you know, obviously Cersei had something to do with it. You know, watch uh, your back. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is... It's such a cutthroat family there. She either wants to fuck him or kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes both. Um, so, so yeah, it, it ended up being a situation where he was almost cut down by one of his own men, technically. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, he's the, probably the most important person in all of this. It is. It is. I think that's what sh- is shocking is that despite the fact that and maybe it's not shocking, it just shows the loyalty to the king or the queen or whatever, but, like, he literally rallied the troops, which that person was part of, and um, they were still willing to kill him, even yep. though their king ran away. Yes, basically. I mean, if if Tyrion wasn't there, everything might have fallen apart. Yeah. And, oh. and Varys even goes to say, you know, like, we know what you did. They'll never sing any songs about you. Yeah, but. yeah. And Varys, like, in this episode, turned into a pretty cool dude. Like, not that he's ever been, like... I've never looked at him and been like, oh, he is a dick. But, like, uh, I, I like that... Up until that moment, like, he hasn't been... Well, I guess it was in, in uh, episode 10. 10 yeah. Up until that moment, like, him and uh, Tyrion didn't really get along. And, like, it was, like, that little sign of respect that I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, essentially they're both after the same thing. They both want what's best for basically the world. Mm-hmm. Um you know, Tyrion's a little bit more into his family and everything, but, you know, after this, who knows? Um, oh, I hope another... this is the... I hope that's the thing that makes him go Stark, full-on Stark. Could be, you never know. Team Stark. So the only other really big thing, I guess, I mean, besides the Lannisters winning um, in 2-9, was um, we saw one of the characters depart in 209. Um, the Hound just completely because of the wildfire and all the dudes on fire and everything like that, based on his own history, oh, yeah, just yeah, pieces yeah. out. He's yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah. fuck you, fuck this guy, <laughs> fuck the king, fuck it. And you know. Was it in 209 we see him drinking in Sansa's room? Yes. And and he's willing to take her back north mm-hmm. and whatnot. And uh, and she doesn't trust him to go. Yeah, that's so. Like, it's weird that she didn't... And it would have been the perfect opportunity. Yes. Because who's going to stop them in the middle of all and, that? Because like, chances are you're going to run into your, your family's camp. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or the, the he'll know how to get there. He probably knows a good idea where they're at. Yep. So now the only one missing is Arya. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. What is she, what a big old dummy mm-hmm. she is. Now we see a little bit of hope in the subsequent episode when you know everything's kind of being put together because um, what ends up happening is the the Lannisters didn't on their own fend off Stannis. The uh, Tyrell. Oh yeah, yeah. Which they, was Loras and Marjorie. What and was uh, what's Robert's? What was the the Baratheon that Stannis killed? What was his Renly. name? Renly. So it was Renly's paramour. I guess yeah. you could say that. Can guys be paramours? I think they can. Yeah. So so. so yeah. So Loras um, has like a lot to you know. He's basically saying like, look, we save you. How about you marry my sister? Uh, well, that happens in two ten, right? Correct. Yeah. So I, mean, I think the, the last thing in, in two oh nine because we undersold it big time was that fire was the I guess what's a black the wildfire the wildfire yeah uh, that but, was a really cool scene yes and wildfire is is huge in the history of Westeros and everything that was what um, why Jamie killed the Mad King because he was threatening to use wildfire to burn down the entire city that's why they had well that's what, what I, I so that's obviously not normal fire. Uh, what I liked about it is that like it seemingly like burned on top of the water, which like okay, oil like you can yeah. I could sell. Well, that. I think 
it's supposed to be like the Westeros equivalent of Greek fire. Okay. Um, yeah, because it seemed like if like one of the guys were on fire and they jumped in water, they were still yeah. on fire. Yeah, I mean, it's like the antiquated napalm, essentially. So, I mean, it it's, was, a, it's a big deal. Like, it's not like, oh, we set your boat on fire. It was like, we set the motherfucking bay on fire. What yeah. you going to do, brother? And, <laughs> and, and I, I'm actually shocked how many men Stannis had because it seemingly took out, like, a good chunk. And they still mm-hmm. had, like... Joffrey was still worried with how many men were coming ashore. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't know necessarily that it was just the men that freaked him out. It was also, what did we just do to them and they're still coming? Yeah, you know? yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, his god, his new god that he's, you know, proclaiming and everything is supposed to be the god of light, the god of fire and everything yeah. like that. So it's like, oh, this fire? Not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so that, 209, just... Awesome. I think we're underselling it a little bit because, you know, we're crunched for time. But uh, it, it, for me, it just it really just showcased uh, Tyrion and how his character has grown over the course of the last season and a half, season two seasons or whatever. Um, and um, 210 opens with Tyrion, right? Uh, I think it opens with him. It opens with him. He's opening his eyes. He's hearing the fire and everything th- and the screaming. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's in his room. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. And then his squire is the one who ended up saving him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and um, uh, what I like about Tyrion in this episode is that he's worried about his looks. Oh, yeah. And, it's the only thing he has. And like, Actually, in the in the books, he's kind of already ugly. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've seen a pic, like a, a, an artist depiction of him from the books, and he's like, like it literally looks like like a troll. Like yeah, a he's, troll. he's supposed to be disfigured and everything, and it's really hard to do that with Peter Dinklage. But at the same time, I think the interpretation is everybody thinks of him as a monster, but he really isn't one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, in this world where like if you're different, you're a freak. You know, him being short is enough to make him an outcast. Yeah. Um, and I, I really like that, like, he was really concerned about his looks, and really, like, it's just a scar. Like, I know scars, like, some people have an issue with scars, and I get it, yeah. but, like, it's not like, it's not like the Hound, for yeah. instance, who's well, permanently disfigured. It's exactly. literally a scar that's going to be there forever, now, and it the makes books, you look a badass. In the books, Tyrion's nose completely lopped off. He looks like a bat person. Oh, that's so. the picture I saw. Yeah. So he wasn't born like that in no. the books. Yeah. That, so in, in the books, in that scene, his nose gets chopped off, not just a cut. Yeah, he, I think he gets like sliced like right down like the side. Oh, that so, would have been badass. And I mean, it's tough because you don't want your character to look so ugly that people aren't like, you know, they get like heebie-jeebed out when they see yeah. him. Um, and and n- number two, that's a lot of makeup to. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, listen, they, it worked for Harry Potter and uh, Lord Voldemort. Right? Yeah. He didn't have this. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I'd much rather him be like. I don't. Know, I don't. I don't want to. Not that I would be like. He's like. Because I don't. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't care at all. Uh, I just because again, I think his character. To me, he's, and I've said this in every episode of this, of, of uh, uh, Late to the Game of Thrones we've done, is like, he's very Stark-like. Like, save for the fact that he stands by his family. Uh, not that the Starks don't stand by their family, but like, he stands by the Lannisters. Yes. You know, that's the only thing that really makes him different than a Stark, is that he stands by the Lannisters, and, and maybe that will change after uh, this, in, in season three, or... Yeah. And, and Shay even says, like, let's leave. Like, they're all trying to kill you yeah. here, they're, you know, this is not a good place for you to be, and... Part of, like he, it's not like a like no, I have to stay here. It's a 
but I have to stay here. Like, this is what I know. This is what I'm good at. Well, and, and they kind of left it a little open to where, like, maybe, like, you know, because he, he was worried about her not loving, like, not loving him, and, and she was just in it for the money. And, like, she clearly shows that he, he loves her. Um, episode, and, and vice versa. Yeah, episode uh, 10 uh, of season two here was like, it, it, you know what they do good with their episode tens is it is it closes a lot of those threads of storylines and, and, and subsequently leaves enough open yeah, for the next season. Yeah, but like it, they always like it seems like they can at least in the last two season finales here, like season one season finale that could have been a limited series, boom done, and I would have been content with the story they told. Mm-hmm. Same thing here, they kind of like wrap it up in a way where. You 100% can be like, all right, there's no more Game of Thrones. I've got my story. I get it. Like, what a good story. Yeah. Because, um, like, the wars, like, I mean, Stan, like, kind of, Stannis is still kind of in it to win it. Like, he's still, uh, Melisandre yeah, convinces him. They never explain how he gets away, I don't believe. Well, in, in 209, like, his, I think, I think when they, when Tywin gets there and, and, and brings reinforcements, I think it's Stannis's men that pull him away, and I, I'm, I'm sure they just kind of oh, slip out. I didn't think of that because right. I mean I, I've seen the episode two or three times, and I always thought like he was just being overwhelmed by Lannister forces, but that actually no, I, I'm I think he was getting pulled away by by like his that. own men. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. They're going like, hey, don't be stupid. Yeah, that's that's what I envisioned at least from gotcha. when I watched it. Um, see, and it's cool, because I've seen this so many times, <laughs> this is your first time seeing yeah. it, and you're getting, like, a completely different interpretation. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and, and in 210, he, uh... Like He's he back f- on Dragon's oh, He flips out on, uh, uh, Melisandre, right? That's yeah. It. And love, like, choking her to death, and then eventually gives up, and then, by the end, of, this is where he feels remorseful about killing his little brother, uh, and I like that, I like that... That he felt remorseful about it, like it, it, it. Not that it makes it okay, but like it's kind of a. It's a nice little ribbon on yeah. on a shitty situation. Yeah, I mean, um, it's like I did this all on for what? Yeah, exactly. And like by the end of it, she kind of convinces him that like, oh no, there's still this fire like God. That and he believes be it too. To. He's looking into the fire and he goes, oh, yeah, oh, okay. yeah. I wish and we don't see it. No. So again, it kind of feeds back into what the books do, where it's like, all right, well, what's he seeing that we're not? I kind of wish that they did, and I guess maybe that's the point, what you just said, it probably makes it a better story, but it would be cool, like, not that we see it directly, but if we saw something, like, it didn't even have to be, like, something that you could visibly see, as far as, like, oh, I know what that is, but, like, something in his pupils, the reflection Yeah, changed. like, maybe the flicker of the flames. Something. Because all it was is it looked exactly... And that's what I thought they were aiming for. I thought they were yeah. going to do that, and, and they didn't. Yeah, it, it, it seems almost like... And, it, and it's a, a big central point in the series, is his faith has been kind of renewed and everything. Um, you know, there... I mean, there's all kinds of different gods and everything, so... You know. Um, the... Uh, we also get Jamie and Brienne. Brienne. That's a, what I like about that scene is like Jamie. Like it looked like he got a lot of respect for her by the end of it. She took down three dudes on her own. Mm-hmm. They were Stark men, um, which you know he said he said so, and he's like, I don't care. Like I, she, or she says that. Yeah, I don't serve the Starks. I serve Lady Catelyn. Yeah, it's and, not the same. <laughs> and like. And to, to be honest, I mean, those three Stark guys were just as bad as the Lannisters. Yeah, I mean, you know? they were doing some pretty shady stuff. Like they, those poor women probably didn't do anything. They were probably raped and then hung, and then obviously they, they said two of them were killed quickly, one of them suffered. Yeah. And 
like just a cool scene where she took dispatch to them oh, quickly and the crap and then oh my god what a terrible way to go for him but mm-hmm. well deserved yeah uh, what else happened in this episode what else did we get a little ribbit on well we got the the Rob and Catelyn and the Robin uh, to Lisa oh yeah like something that I've been call- I, I don't have any of my theories anymore but I'm <laughs> sure that was one of them that they were gonna hook up and get married like so he throws his deal with uh the the phrase the phrase out the door uh, and out the window is the real <laughs> phrase not out the door no one says right that. out the door <laughs> but uh, uh, and he marries the nurse lady mm-hmm. yeah Talisa and uh, because he wants or is love. it is it Talisa in the show yeah it is Talisa he wants love not an arranged marriage mm-hmm. and I say good for him like I like I mean it's so what's what's the deal from here on? That you, I mean, I know you don't. Do you think like does he keep it on the DL or is he you know like right out with it? And he's like, oh, this is my wife. Like, well, I'm sh- I feel like he'll keep it on the DL until war, like until the war settles down. Obviously, someone's gonna like it's gonna get out. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't have a good storylines. But I don't think he's gonna outright say anything. I think he's gonna keep it on the DL. Uh, and, but Rob seems like the type of guy that would address it. Once business is taken care of, once his family's back, you know he to this. I mean, obviously, they, I think they want to they they want to kill the Lannisters for for killing their father. I don't think he wants to be on the Iron Throne. I think he's content with taking the North and making it its own thing and destroying oh, yeah. the North. So I, I'd be okay with that. Um, before we go to the Narrow Sea, the other the other thing we get in this episode is on the other side of the wall where we get the kingdom on the other side of the wall. We finally see that. Yeah, that was that was almost like the big ending point. Of was that the, the big ending point? Oh, I think... No, no it, it ended on... It ended on, on and, and the White Walkers. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, so we'll go back to that. So we'll, we will go across the sea. Well, uh, we still have Winterfell. Um, oh, Theon yeah. Theon and yeah. the kids. Yeah, it was boring. <laughs> I mean, it was... Uh, Theon gives this, this speech he does, that rivals it does, Tyrion's it does. speech, and then just... <laughs> I love right that it is, now. Are they taking him back to Iron Heights? No, Iron Heights is a jail in the Flash. <laughs> they, they so ostensibly at the end of this, they're taking him back to the Iron Islands because it looks stupid to to not bring the son of your king home. Um, but uh, it almost seems like it might be better for them to, you know, I mean, they burned everything down. So, so. who was going back to Winterfell? Was it Starks? The Stark men, or was it... Well, if you recall in one of the earlier episodes, um, one of uh, Rob's, like, commanders or whatever, Bruce Bolton, says he's going to send his men. So it's not actually Stark. But it's, but it's northern yeah. men that are, I believe, in the Starks. Yeah. And, okay. And, and not only that, but northern men who apparently know how to do psychological warfare, because Theon's complaining about that guy who's blowing the horn. <laughs> God, <laughs> that was probably the best part of the episode. I'm not going to lie. That was, that was a good part of the episode. Yeah, I mean, Alfie Allen does a really good job. I mean, it, he's he's an easy character to hate and everything because of what he's done. Yeah, um, I still, but you still kind of feel sympathy for him because he 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 is acknowledging the fact that like, wow, what have I done? Yeah, in a way, I mean, I st- I I just it 
it rubs me the wrong way that he was like my king, and then he so easily turned his. And I get it; like he was technically stolen from his family yeah. by that man, by whose brother's father, you know. Yeah. So I get it, but uh, it is like it's like come on, dude. Like we all know the Starks are the good guys here. Like if we had to say, if we had to call it black and white, and we had good guys and bad guys. Mm-hmm. Like right now, you're a bad guy. Yeah. Right now, you're an a hole. And and. We don't know necessarily what happens to Theon, but we did unfortunately see what happened. Yeah, with the that was like that. That was a little like a, a sad moment because he's not a huge character in the show, but he's like he's a cool he's character. A, he's, he's a like nice the, character, the, the kind old grandfather figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and, and and that was a heartwarming scene between him and the kids. And, whatnot. and he, he's like the last big adult who left. You know, who, who was in season one because you got no more uh, Roderick, you've got no more Ned, you've got no more Rory, you've got no more Meister Lewin. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the last old head that you got yeah. is Catelyn. Um, so that was that was a little heartwarming, and the, and he like you know says to the I, I forget her name Osha Osha uh, like you have to defend them. You might have to fight your own people. And she was like she's she was into it. She's yeah, like I haven't yeah. got a problem with that. And I th- then I think she even <laughs> said that if if they're here, they're not my people. And like so, like I think alluding to the fact that like she knows about the White Walkers. Like yeah. she knows that there's something terrible on the other side of the wall. And she, and I think that's what she's alluding to that if they come they're if they come across the wall they're not my people I yeah. think she was saying they're gonna be White Walkers. Um, and then the only other thing that we have on this side of the wall besides the the John and Sam stuff yeah. is um, Arya Gendry and Hot Pie. Yeah, with, um, and the only useful part of that is like. The weird... The face shift. <laughs> the face shift. Like, that's straight-up magic. That's not, mm-hmm. like, let me just do disguise. But it's also religion, because he's talking about being, like, this, you know, the the, the one god, or what, the many-faced god, yeah. or whatever it is. Um, so he gives Arya an out, and he says, you know, like, if you ever want to travel across the sea and come to Bravos, you need this coin. And then the eponymous Valor Mabulus yeah. keeps getting repeated. I, uh... I, and I think... My opinion is that before we get to whatever season we're go- season seven we're going into, mm-hmm. uh, she's going to go there and get trained by this dude. To that's be your theory. Badass. Yeah, that's the theory <laughs> that, that, that well <laughs> that we're not maintaining. But I just like, I, I kind of just assume that because obviously I know like from last season's imagery she's like total badass. Oh yeah, yeah, she's grown up. To so be. I assume she grew up to be Baby Dad Stark. Like she's she's her father's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of assume that in one of these seasons between now and then. So even like in season three, four, or five, I assume she goes and spends some time with him to it's not to a bad trained. assumption. Um, and, but and that's really the important thing from that scene. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it was a very quick. Yeah, because you know. she's like she would have gone now had she not been worried about her family, uh, or at least worried about her family knowing where she is. Again. Yeah, if she knew that like the rest of her family was dead, I don't yeah. think that revenge would have driven her to stay because she's smart enough to know that training probably wouldn't have been a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we do we both travel across the narrow yes sea, which was I, I, I think and i've been consistent with this i feel like daenerys's stuff is consistently weaker yeah it's i mean we had in season one a strong finish to across the narrow sea but in season two i mean this is probably noticeably the best stuff we've seen from across the narrow sea in season two which isn't saying much but overall season two across the narrow sea has been super weak yeah, but um, I did enjoy seeing the Vapor Dragons again. Did you enjoy seeing the Caldrogo again? That was cool. That didn't happen in the books from what 
what I recall. Yeah. So it was just a cool way to get Jason Momoa to come back. Yeah. I hope they bring him back every season. <laughs> I, don't well, know how, I don't know how you're going to do it, but bring him back every season. Because I like Jason Momoa as, as, as a person. Yeah, and, and that was a very sad and like touching moment. It was, because she could have stayed in whatever... Whatever dream world. Dream world she was in, and she she knew that she needed to go back to her, to to our side of the narrow sea uh, and take over. Yep. Um, she needed to save her baby dragon. I don't know... She could hear them crying yeah, through whatever yeah. veil she I don't in. know if this is something... That, I know I haven't read anything about Game of Thrones as far as, like, spoilers, but I feel like... I don't know. There's something in me that... I, I feel like I read it somewhere. I don't think this is my theory, but I feel like at one point, Jon Snow and her are going to create the ultimate royal family. Maybe. I, I, I mean, when you think about it... He's ice and she's fire, so yeah, it, yeah. it kind of makes sense to some extent. I don't know, I don't, and I, and I don't I think, think I, that's my theory. I think that there was a rumor in real life that Kit Harrington and well, yeah. Amelia Clark were hooking up. Yeah, I, like she, so. he broke up with crazy northern lady mm-hmm. uh, in real life, and and I think they are dating with. Like, I don't know if it's still current. I mean, yeah. I haven't read the news sheets in a while. <laughs> uh, news sheets is that what they're called? <laughs> I think what they, are they called. Word papers? I can't remember. So her, her kind of thing ends with, you know, the really silly... Well, actually, it's a two-part thing. Her dragons apparently are big enough now where they can blow fire and they completely, you know, incinerate that guy. And then at the end of the episode, you know, she gets back at the other guy who betrayed her, um, Zaro's on... Yeah, that was a pretty cool scene. Oh, yeah, and the music was so, like, empowering for that scene and everything. It was... It was like I said, the coolest stuff that's happened over there since since we've been in season two, and they were able to, you know, he had no money. Ow. It was all fake. Horrible, horrible death for him. And was that her like person that was like? It was her uh, handmaiden who like the one that was like her, well, her and her brother at various times, I think. Yeah, and like and she was like really close with her, and like she's like she's the one that taught her how to to love. Cat. And in a deleted scene, you find out that she's the one that strangled. The other handmaiden, you know, the one who's like, it's just known, that lady. So, I mean, she was not all nice and everything. But what a way to kill those. Like, they're locked in there. They are good. And that's a very special key. It's not like you can call a locksmith or anything. No one's... Well, like, I'm pretty sure they just killed everybody. Like, the, the... Khaleesi killed and her group killed everybody that was left in that town. Oh, I'm sure. I, I just assume. Karth is big, but I don't know if it, you know how big it is. And At I mean, least it's a lot of illusion. I mean, yeah. all of the episode, you know, said, you know, this is fake, this is fake, this is fake. So, but they were able to take all like the golden treasures and melt that and, down. And Jorah to, makes mention that you know maybe they could buy a boat. Yeah, a small so. boat, but they can get a boat. So you know, I th- I'm hoping in season three we just get her back to over here so that we can have something good for Daenerys. Yeah, because she, she, you know, her story is kind of slow, you know, it's kind of taxing, it's like, come on, like, when is, like, when, when are we going to see her actually get up there and, and move? I just, I, I, yeah, I mean, like I said, they finished, she finished strong in season one, and, and uh, not so much, season two is kind of just, it, it went down from season one and, and just stayed level, yeah. uh, but it do, this episode does, um, it ends on the, the White Walkers, but that whole winter fell you know, the other side of the wall stuff is we get the bat like we get the Jon Snow and Corn half end. That fight where like no he doesn't want to kill him but he has to so that he and gains a trust. He's given him like ammunition, like your mom's a whore. Yeah. Dad oh god. Yeah. But they um And there's no telling that Corn would have 
gone easy on him if like the fight went on. Like, yeah. He could have been like, you know what? One of us has to live. Otherwise, we're well, I die. now I, it seems like if that dude, if Corn won, they would have left him in chains. Probably. But because Jon Snow killed him, I guess the, this guy is like the bane of, of these people's existence. They like freedom, and they're like, "You're one of us, boy." Yeah, I mean, you killed the half hand. You killed so many of us. Yeah, and, and yeah. they show him that there's another, whole other kingdom on the other side of the wall. Yeah, all uh, these wildlings, and they're somehow unified under this man's raider. Yeah, and then we go back to John's friends, and they're running away from. Uh, this is your Walking Dead moment. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They're running away from what well, what initially looks like just a bunch of snow, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's coming. Yeah, I mean, they hear the three horns, which yeah. means White Walkers. Um, so they, I mean, they run right away, and unfortunately, Sam is kind of a heavy set dude. I'm he actually, I, I was watching that, I was like, oh my god, this is my theory is gonna be right, he's gonna die for being a buffoon, and and, uh, and, and yet they walk right by him. Well, like, and they walk right by him, which I mean, looking at his hiding spot initially, I was like, oh, that's a good hiding spot, but then like. You just turn that camera a little bit, and that's a terrible hiding spot. Yeah, my and friend. they look right at him. I mean, he knows he's, well, he's whimpering. And it's and that one on the horse mm-hmm. back that seemingly notices him. Mm-hmm. Like these aren't your Walking Dead walkers. No, yeah, yeah, they're they're not out for blood and sniffing. And like they and are more of like an advanced. Like they're like another species. It's like these whatever turns the living the living. Or the, I guess the or dead, or yeah. Whatever, whatever turns the dead into zombies, into these these White Walkers, they they retain some a little bit of smarts. It looks like uh, at least this the guy on the horse. The other yeah. guys kind of look like they shit. They, whatever. Yeah, but like seeing the the undead horse was kind of cool. Uh, but it looks like they're right at the wall, right? Close enough. I mean, I, like I guess you know we, when we see John leave the, the the rest of their group, they're far enough away. I think. Where they're probably closer to Craster's Keep than they are to the wall. It just looks like that scene that where they were where they ignored Sam and just was looking on. It looked like they were at the the wall. I don't think it was the wall. I think it was a like more of like a mountain. But oh, I, could, I could be wrong. I, I mean, it's been so long, and, and I was only kind of like in, in passive. I just know that these nuts of the Seven Kingdoms are all having civil war, and they're gonna have it, like they're gonna. Be living the Walking Dead lifestyle soon. Yeah, they yeah, did. As soon as the the White Walkers pass the wall, yeah, all shit. They need Rick Grimes. That's who they need. <laughs> they need. They somehow need that to survive. All right. Uh, I don't think there's anything else from this episode that we need to talk about. No, uh, we got you well over your deadline. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, but this these two episodes are great. Really like the Tyrion stuff uh, throughout both. I mean, that's they might as well call this you know the Tyrion uh, game of Tyrion. Game of Tyrions. Game of Tyrion. That's all I care about. So season three. Uh, is what's coming up next for for me. I'm going to try to binge it in the next uh, couple weeks here. Yeah, and I'm going to start watching them again as well. Yeah. Um, And I think Rhiann is probably going to pick up again around, like, the ninth episode of the third season. And then, you know... I doubt that she'll ever have anything to contribute to our conversations or anything, but... <laughs> but you can! You, the listener, can contribute to our conversations if you want to talk about Game of Thrones or anything, really, but by ca- calling us at 267-223-4965, leaving a voicemail, you can send us an email at thrones at com. You can check us out on the interwebs. We are part of the That's Entertainment Podcast Network on thatentertains.com slash network. Uh, I'm... Just, we're on Twitter, at Late to the Pod. Uh, and most importantly, you can send us pictures of dire wolves riding dragons or dragons riding dire wolves to Late to the Game of oh, Thrones, Thrones. Uh, at P.O. Box 177 in Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania. That's 19030. Do it, do it, do it. 
It will be awesome. We want them damn pictures. I uh, I actually on a one closing note, uh, I got a and I posted on Twitter and, and, and Facebook already. I got a thank you note from Mike. Who I does, saw that. I, I liked it. Yeah, Twitter. he 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 hosts Doom Thugs, and they did uh, the live show with that we did in March with us. And he sent me a, like a physical thank you card, that was, like, which was awesome. Oh my god, that's and I meant to bring it with me so I could hang it up at work. But I want to get like a, I'm going to frame it, and like that's going to be forever live in, in whatever stu- ends up being my studio one day. Uh, because like that's just like no one like who does that? Well, that's, guys who wear tuxes. Too, oh my god, yeah, he too. is a classy gentleman. He is so super classy. So shout out to Doom Thugs. Check out the number one podcast in Delco uh, at DoomThugs.com. Meanwhile, you have been listening to Late to the Game of Thrones on the number one podcast in Bucks County's feed. Everything is awesome. That's right, we stole it. I told him I was stealing it. Uh, everything is awesome. Number one it's podcast. Probably true too. That's it's gotta be true. Who else does a podcast in Bucks County? The only podcast in Bucks County are my seventeen. Yeah, uh, one of them has to be. One. Yeah, I assume it's everything is awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. You can find me on Twitter at tell us t e l l e s t. And you can find this show on Twitter uh, if you're looking for everything is awesome at real awesome pod, or you can find this show uh, late to the game of Thrones on Twitter at late to the pod. Until next time, Throners. I'm Kev. I'm Mike. <laughs> we'll see you uh, wherever we're at. And don't forget to stay late. Oh, crap. <laughs> this has been a That's Entertainment Podcast Network podcast. Looking for more podcasts about pop culture, TV and film, and other entertainment? Find all our shows on thatentertains.com slash network.